0: To, for me to help control stuff, but I've started to record, so just you, you all been at this long enough to know what that means. So uh, we're recording because it's really important tonight that as we gather together that anything that's shared we can make available to anybody in the congregation because the whole point of us coming together tonight is just to, to listen, to ask questions and listen and to, to seek God's wisdom, to follow the theme from Sarah Ann's wonderful sermon this morning. So um, thanks for being here. Um, Jay Hartman is present tonight. Thank you, Jay, representing buildings and grounds, which is very much a part of this conversation. Peggy Strong is present with us tonight who represents facilities use. Um, and those are two key folks in the conversation that we've, been, uh, that, that we've been in conversation with Excel for quite a while now. We're trying to figure out what this looked like, how might it work? These are the people that have been working hard behind the scenes along with their people uh, that, that are their counterparts on their committee. So uh, you also have tonight um, present lots of people that got lots of good history with Cindy and others that have never met her before, but know her a little bit better, hopefully after the the stuff that Amanda has put out this week, along with your good leadership and worship this morning. So thanks. Um, Let me just tell you that that as we come together tonight, uh, we're going to pray here in a moment Um, But I just want you to know that there's been a lot of good due diligence up to this point. One of the things that we've struggled with mightily in the pandemic is just conveying information um, and it reaching kind of the full circle. And we've struggled with trust, quite frankly, just in the great disconnection of the moment. Any whispers of anything that goes seems to start a snowball. And before you know it, there's a sense that things are being withheld. And um, I want to offer assurance nothing could be further than the truth, particularly in this conversation tonight. It just means that the system worked the way it was supposed to. The church entrusted Peggy and Bonnie and Jay and Donna to do their good work along with the staff. We've been spending lots of time trying to figure out what God might be up to, what this might look like. And now that we've done what you asked us to do, we're ready to bring it to you. And so the the moment the conversation started, we made you all aware of that. We heard some excitement brewing, and then also some concern brewing. What is this? You know, what, and Hallelujah! You know, I'm so excited we're doing this. We've heard we've heard kind of both sides of things, and a lot of in between. But tonight, our goal is just to to have a good chance to ask questions of each other and to really seek God's wisdom. There'll be no decision made tonight. We'll be um, Penny's not here with us right now. She and Woody are out of town, but we'll be voting here. Um, Amanda, if you can hear me, I'm trying to remember, what is it, June 6th, June 7th, uh, right around there, assuming things go well tonight and in the week that follows, meaning we don't have any big flare-ups that we feel like, well, we need to delay this a little bit. So um, let's pray together, and then we'll get started. Uh, Bill Wellstead, can you get us started with a word of prayer? Yes, I'll be happy to. Thanks.
1: And hello, Cindy, gracious God we we give thanks for this time tonight when we can meet on Zoom and um, visit, in my case, a very wonderful friend from the past and in many cases in our church. And to hear about um, not only the work that you've been doing in the past, which we know has been wonderful, but also to look ahead uh, for Tabernacle and see how uh, what you are doing can, um, can benefit the kingdom of God as well as Tabernacle if we uh, associate together. Lord, we ask that you, uh, your spirit be with us to guide our conversation uh, in the directions that uh, are helpful and profitable uh, for the decision making and we ask that you um, guide our minds and hearts as we consider the uh, opportunity that lies before us to um, to meet together and to serve together uh, in in the in the years ahead so bless us as we meet and discuss tonight in Christ's name we pray
0: amen amen thank amen. you uh, So just really quickly, here's what we don't know. We don't know where God takes us. Should we proceed with this? How could we? What we do know is that we are part of a congregation that has a long history of being surprised by God's movement among us with unexpected reunions or sometimes seemingly out of the nowhere, uh, somebody shows up on the doorstep and then you look back a few years later and you realize that was a transforming moment and we didn't know it. There's only so much that we know. And so as we are moving through the beginnings of, um, of emerging from the pandemic, one of the things that we're really praying for is what Sarah Ann spoke about this morning, which is wisdom. For years now, Tabernacle has carried a very strong reputation in the neighborhood through the gift that was once what we called food pantry and clothes closet ministry, which um became what we now call community ministry. That is the best example of a ministry run by Tabernacle Baptist Church with our name on it, where we have moved into the community and found ourselves with established trust built through mutual respect, love, and just a whole, uh, just a big old dose of love. That ministry, I continue to be convinced, will be the revival that where God, God will show us ultimately what we will become next. I can be I'm more and more convinced of it as I see God at work through the extraordinary folks in that ministry and the shoulders that they stand on. We, we, that ministry, for the most part, has been people showing up on our doorstep and us receiving them with open arms really well. And the the counterpart to that would be that for many years now, Tabernacle has found that with all this gargantuan building that we've got, or buildings, that we have found throughout the years the tremendous blessing of sharing the facility with people doing great work in our community. It includes the Richmond Concert Band. It includes... Um, certainly Shakespeare, uh, Richmond Shakespeare Theater, Caritas was with us for over a decade with their executive offices. It includes piano lessons. It, incu- it includes music lessons with uh, Westwood Music Club, formerly Grove Avenue Piano, and then more theater groups than we could shake a stick at. Some of the beginnings of the, the, uh, the strongest children's theater programs on the eastern seaboard started in the Blue Room of Tabernacle Baptist Church. Some of you have been around long enough to remember the Chinese church that worshipped faithfully with Bill Bill Wellstead as the liaison down in what we call the community room. This is a church that is accustomed to sharing of space. We also have a childcare center ministry that for a long time carried the name of the church out into the community at a time when we didn't have a lot of engagement with our immediate neighbors. The childcare center has been steady and strong for years and years. So community ministry we find is the is what I think the, the brightest light in the life of the church in this, patec, this particular last stretch as it relates to us engaging with people without the motive of turning them into church members of Tabernacle Baptist. It's just love and there's mutuality and it's beautiful and it's trust. The childcare center is, the relationship is growing stronger and stronger, but quite frankly, it is not nearly as close in relationship with the, with the congregation is what we find in community ministry but steady strides are being made in that direction under the good guidance of lots of iterations of that committee through the years. Certainly the great work that Kathy Allen and Donna Sawyers did. And then you bring in Mary Curtis Powell and um, you bring in others that have come in since that is getting stronger and stronger. But for the most part, we don't know the families of the child care center nearly in the way that we know the members of the community that come for food on Saturdays, but it's getting better what we are trying to do here and when we talk about covenant partnership is approaching anybody that lives under under the roof of tabernacle beyond every once in a while and being really deliberate and saying if we can help each other seems like we should and shouldn't we know each other better than we should and shouldn't we find through the ministry of introduction that if you'll take us into the community and let us get to know the people you know inevitably God we know is there and will be revealed to us and and who knows what God might do through that. Um, We are looking at at bringing Excel in as from the very beginnings, this is our intent to go into the community with them. But with the understanding that it would be the model that we would also use with Richmond Concert Band when they re-enter the space, assuming this is something they would want to pursue. It would mean the piano school in all likelihood eventually. It would mean anybody else that comes in from the outside that we're not slapping a tabernacle sticker on, autonomous, its own thing, not even a Christian organization necessarily, in, in all cases that they wouldn't be Christian organizations. And so we wouldn't use it as a backdoor toward proselytizing, but rather just the assumption that in God bringing us together under the same roof, there is a desire for mutual thriving, that the shared resources mean good stewardship and so much more. It's getting us out of the building where we do what we do so well when people come to us, but now engaging with community and finding inevitably that God's going to do something new through it, but we don't know what it is. So when we say covenant partnership, it's a very loose thing that just means even more deliberate than what it has been in the past with outside organizations that come in and find a home among us. It would also mean a very, this is my last thing and then we'll turn it over to you all. It would also mean a prioritization of those partnerships, meaning, Oh no, the space that you're in, we need for blank now wouldn't mean you're out. It would mean we're in this together. Let's find a space where it would work in this large structure. So there's flexibility built into it because we are entering into this covenant partnership of, of, of just seeing what would it would look like if we were relating to each other in a much more intimate way and rolling our sleeves up together when it made sense. So it means that for example, if Excel comes in and moves to the third floor of the Williams building, which I'm, I'm pointing like you are in the building with me, but from my office up there, it would mean that if we discovered an issue that's a safety issue, or if we discovered an issue where we need that space for something else, we would say, Cindy, our promise to you is if, if we say welcome, it means welcome, but we may have to move you out of there, but we promise it won't be in the leftover space of the church. It means we're going to do this together because it's God's building and we're, and we're going to do this together. That's the idea of covenant partnership. Who's got questions specifically about that concept in general, the bigger umbrella or a comment that you'd like to make, like a a questioning, like a scratching the head, I'm not so sure about that, or an amen or anything in between before we even talk about Excel, the idea of covenant partnership.
2: Hi, it's Bill. Um, I was curious about, uh, is that something that the senior pastor manages in his spare time Or is there a (laughs) leadership or committee that makes sure that there is a channels of communication open? Because it seems to me that we can talk about, you know, covenant and stuff like that. But unless we uh, dedicate time and resource to it, um, you know, we're, we're neglecting it.
0: Bill, I I think on our end of things, it would definitely not mean that the pastor is in charge of it, but it would mean that the pastor is circling the people in charge of each of these programs together every once in a while to check in and to plan ahead and look ahead. So there is a practical aspect that I would see a pastoral staff member being engaged in. I would envision that this is up to the church if we want to pursue it, that it would be more than what it has been in the past. So, for example, whereas Peggy and Bonnie represent facilities and grounds, and they're doing all of that important legwork and getting to know the organization and bringing a recommendation forward, it would mean that it would extend well beyond those two people, and it certainly wouldn't be Judy Fisk or Bill Wellstead in the past. It would need to be a larger circle of people that are passionate about this, whatever this is, and they would be the liaisons, That, and we would hope that the organizations would have the, the same on the other end so that it's not the, the directors or the pastor that are doing all the, all the legwork in that. Cause the goal is for it to be relational. Thank you. But that again, this is just, we don't know. Like the question is, is this the right move for us to uh, approach things as we look at shared space? If the answer is yes, then we would begin to flesh out what this might look like before commitments were, were made with legs on them. Somebody else. Thanks, Bill.
3: I just want to say I think this covenant partnership is a fabulous idea and a great way for us to use the facilities that God has given us, and especially for the ministry like Cindy has started.
4: Thank you, Jay.
0: Who would have a con, kind of a, a feeling that's on the opposite end of what Jay just expressed and you're reluctant to share it maybe, but you feel like it's important to say it? Let's Before anybody else responds, does anybody have something that would sound different from what Jay just said? And this would this would be the moment for you to say so. Bill?
1: Yes. This is, this is not different than Jay would, is saying uh, as far as the church is concerned. But a covenant partnership, of course, involves both parties. And, and so um, while I consider the band a partnership, we didn't go into it as a covenant partnership. We just got into it as using the space, but the, the church has been uh, a partner in the sense that it's generous with its fees to the band and generous with its use of our facilities um, and the band has been um, thoughtful f- to the church by providing concerts, uh, several thousand dollars worth of food every Christmas, um, chairs, chairs for the fellowship hall at times, things like that. So while it's not been called that, there has been a close relationship uh, a concerned relationship, and so um, if we were to go to the band and say we want to make this a covenant partnership, I, I think their first thought would be, "Well, what does that mean? That is, does that mean um, that that there's a churchy relationship with the band? And because the band is is a, strictly a secular organization, but they obviously." Um, or an organization that appreciates what the church is doing and has a spirit of goodwill, mutual goodwill between the two. So I I just wonder about that uh, with any organization that's outside of the church. If they hear the word um, uh, uh, covenant partnership, that's the word I meant to use, covenant partnership, we think of covenants usually as a, uh, a a godly relationship or uh, god-based relationship like marriage and of course all the covenants in the bible they're not all that way our, our declaration of independence is a covenant relationship but um uh but in in, in the in the Declaration of Independence, there are references to God and those kinds of things too. So I'm, I'm just saying that it's a two-way street. And while, while we are perfectly happy to go that route, I don't know what others would say, even Cindy's group, I don't know what others would say because it's not one person who is um, who's necessarily the leader, especially in the volunteer organization. It, it really is a, a less formal relationship. Um, so it's just a term that I'm concerned about how it's received. And and that's sort all of thing.
0: Hey, Sterling. Bill Bill, uh, Bill, Bill Gradwell, can I respond real quick and then yeah. we'll lob it to you? Because I want to be sure to clarify, because I said this earlier, I don't know that it, that it was caught. Um, One, without exception, none of these organizations are Christian organizations, and we would never want to destroy trust by being sneaky. And we also would not want to force anything upon somebody by saying, sorry, Christians only, obviously. And, you know, we're not saying that. Right. I think what makes this Excel relationship unique is we're saying, "Okay, any new relationships moving forward, we're going to try this experiment with Excel and see if it's possible to build trust. And not turn it into a tabernacle or even proselytizing opportunity, but at the same time, we would we would be very intentional in the way that we form relationships with each other that would be deliberate, rather than just kind of naturally happening. If we were to poll this room, myself included, me at the front of the line, and say, "How many of you could name five members of the Richmond Concert Band?" My guess is there's probably maybe two people in this meeting right now that could. And what we're saying is, wouldn't it be great if two years from now, that number tripled? Because we're out collecting band instruments in dusty closets and bringing them to a high school or loading a group from community ministry up into the church vans and driving them to the band concert happening on Mother's Day. It becomes a much more intentional leaning in with relationship But but I would view this as a grandfathered relationship, for example, with Richmond Concert Band and whatever we call it. It's just more relational. But moving forward, I would also say that depending on how things go with Excel, there would be a deliberateness where we unapologetically say we are a faith community. Let's engage, you know, as you want to. We don't. You don't have to. But let's engage where we find our lives intersecting. Let's talk about it. Or we even where we don't agree. Let's let's come together and talk about our different perspectives. It's a tremendous opportunity for relationships. And you know that better than anybody, Bill wellsted because you know all these folks and you know who they are. They're amazing. Yeah. That's the idea. Is that, before we go to Bill Gradwell, is that is that what you expected to hear? Do you have concerns about what you just heard? No,
1: no. And, and I, I think um, the church has been, as I say, the church has been generous with the band. And uh, set the example. Yeah. Do Although they don't, you, know, you we involved. haven't we haven't been involved in their instrument uh, gifting program. That's something we could do, and I think it would be wonderful if we were to do that. So I think that's that. All is great. I was just, I just would not. I would be concerned about going back and saying. Let's rethink our relationship when I already believe it's the kind of relationship we want. And if anything, I would like to see the church do more for the band.
0: That's, that's the whole point. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And the child care center ministry families would be encouraged to get engaged where they feel led to be engaged, or maybe the flute section shows up and does something in the yellow room. The idea is, is if we're all going to call this place home in some capacity, let's make it so. And when it makes sense to come together, let's, let's give it a try and see what God does through it would be the language we'd use on this side of things. Bill Gradwell.
1: I was just coming from a different direction as far as, for clarity, um, from the COVID side of, you know, people coming into the building, just for clarity,
0: how many people are we talking about Is a director, two or three people? Well, we're, we're, not, yeah. about- we're not talking about Excel. Let's let you ask the first question with Excel, but right now I'm asking more about the general concept well, of okay, covenant partnership. I guess partnership. my
1: concept is how, whether it's this organization or other organization, What are we doing for COVID and cleanliness after they come in, they go out?
0: That's a question that we would have to ask with Richmond Concert Band when they come in. Those conversations were were already in place. It would be true of anybody else that stepped in. But these are all things that we'll have to work out together. Anything that's not tabernacle, um, direct ministry, meaning the Child Care Center and Community Ministry or the question you're asking is a critical one, but there is no response because there's no, it doesn't currently exist. Okay. Uh, the piano Ellen. school is the only school, the only group that's currently using the facility regularly. And there is an understanding there through Peggy and Bonnie with facilities use.
5: Sterling, this is Eleanor. I have a question. Um, what has been in the past the criteria for accepting a group that wants to use our space and what have been our expectations of them and theirs of us you know what exists now
0: let's let's be careful we don't answer that too much detail because we'll be here the whole time just answering it but it's very logical we toss that to peggy and then judy could chime in as well having been a direct point person for a lot of the groups Try to share the general headings, Peggy, without getting too, oh, into too okay. much detail for the meeting, because we can go into more details in written form in the week ahead.
4: Um, what we try to do, um, to make it short, we have a packet that we, um, if we get a person of an interest that wants to use the building for anything, we send the packet to them, I make a phone call. And um, then I, after they filled it out and sent it back, I call them personally and talk to them about it and let them know our fees for the space that they want to use. And um, then we have the packet, the, in the, within the packet are our prices for the rooms they use, also the rules for the church, use of the church. Um, usually we do not give out any keys. Um, Bonnie and I will make sure we meet the, whoever wants to use a particular space. We will go down there, we'll meet them, let them in, stay there unless it's a group coming in, um, say over the weekend, several nights, um, or something like that um but it's it's we really stay on top of it and we've had good relationships doing it that way it's worked very well so So, the difference here
5: is there would be some sort of process but the difference here sterling is that we would be more intentional about being in communion and relationship with the
0: people that want to use our space. Yes, Eleanor, I want to be real careful. It doesn't uh, come across as we haven't been very deliberate. We've chosen in the past by dumb luck or del- and deliberateness both or either way. We've been very fortunate to have these amazing organizations serving the community. It's kind of a birds of a feather flock together kind of thing. I think this is the way God works. You know, God pulls us together uh, and resources us in a pretty creative ways, but the long short of your, um, response to your last question is yes, it's more deliberateness in the relationship building and more assumptions that we are going to engage with one another in supporting each other as, we, as it makes sense to do so with cross pollination. Like Larry and Kathy Allen were at a church in Northern Virginia last that had a phenomenal music school in their church building. That I, you know, we don't have time to get into all the details now, but I know hearing when Larry and Kathy first came to us, it was amazing. My guess is, is that that was birthed in a small way, and then it just kind of took life of its own. Um, there, that's what we're talking about, is taking a deliberate step with Excel, in this case, and just seeing what it might become. And then who knows, 10 years from now, we may look at this as the model that's used for multiple groups in the building, or maybe not. We have no idea. But it is deliberate, and it's much more relational, which Judy has filled that critical role for most of these groups for a long time. So, Judy, at any point, if you want to jump in with the mic and say something about the benefits of those relationships or the drawbacks, jump in if you want to. Um, do you want to? <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. Anything you have to say? Caritas or Theater for World Lots of the Fire groups House, that, have
6: or... used, that have used the church have been, um, in the past, have been theater groups and um, music groups that have known... Um, either other theater groups that have rehearsed at Tabernacle or known me or known Peggy. Um, and I have been, uh, I've been, I let them in the building. Often will stay with them during, during rehearsals. I've met amazing people. I've had deep spiritual discussions with people that you wouldn't get the idea, the chance to do otherwise. Um, it's a getting to know these folks is amazing and I know a lot of people all over the city because of my relationship with people who've used our building um and you would be lucky to be involved actually (laughs) in in anything that in anything that that people are 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 doing in the past people have theater groups have traded us um theater tickets they've traded us work with teenagers they've you know, it's been, it's been, there's been mutual um, things back and forth, but it's just not been, um, it's not been as, it was, it was on a case by case basis and not kind of a, like official whatever. So it's been, it's a great, um, it's a great experience um, to be able to do
7: that.
0: Ms. Helen, represented us well.
7: Helen go ahead. Um, I would just like to say something that's kind of general. Um, <clears throat> I worked with Cindy for 15 years as her preschool music teacher. And, and this is just my knowledge of how Cindy does things. Cindy is very professional. We had to have, we were approved by Mac periodically, which is a national organization. They have very strict rules about how things are done. And all of the teachers had to meet certain qualifications to be a teacher there. Um, <clears throat> and Cindy was, Cindy was a very good director, a very good um, on top of things kind of person. So she, doesn't, she didn't know I was going to say that. But um, I am I loved working with Cindy And I I would not have stayed had she not been professional because I turned down jobs because I did not agree with the way things were done in schools. Um, And so with the COVID thing, uh, Cindy is very aware of our children have not been vaccinated. And so she, I I would dare say, I'm speaking for you, Cindy, that Cindy is very on top of that. And I don't believe she'd bring people in knowingly um, to, and in any way, um, cause us a problem. I'm just speaking from my own knowledge of Cindy. Um, and I don't know anything about the program yet, but I do believe it's not going to have a lot of pe- you're not gonna have a lot of people there at a time, at one time, Cindy, so I don't know if that's true, that's my understanding. But I, I just have faith in Cindy, I guess is what I'm saying
0: um we're this feels like a natural hinge point with where we are in time and also with what helen's comments thank you helen um you know one of the awkward things always is like some people have watched all the videos and read all the stuff and other people are showing up like i don't have a clue what we're talking about so it's that fine line of who, who you know how do you answer the questions so cindy good luck with that um just do the best you can i think just stick to the headings and then just point people to the content and then we'll do a good job right i'm gonna write down questions and we'll do the best we can to take your questions church and be sure that they're put out on the internet along with the other stuff. So it'd be a dynamic thing. So Cindy, why don't we start with that? Like, uh, and then we'll go to you, Jay. So uh, Cindy, what does this look like on a practical level with day in and day out use of the facilities? And then Jay, what, what do you all have in mind with where they might go at first, maybe for the whole time they'd be here if this works out or at least at the beginning?
8: Am, Am I going first?
0: Yeah, why don't you tell us what this is? Because clearly, a lot of folks are wondering, like, what does it look like practically? Yes. Is it twenty employees? Is it five? No. Is it no, yeah? What, yes. Is there a children in the building learning? What is it?
8: We're, we're a small and mighty group, <laughs> nonprofit. Um, COVID, you know, because of COVID, I even had to let some of the staff go, and I have not brought back all of the staff yet uh, because we've been in a temporary. Placement in another church over in Northside for this past year. Uh, right now, there's just literally one other full-time person who works with me, and we're talking about office space and and storage space for the materials that we provide classrooms and uh, families. And so it's uh, not uh, it's not a program that I bring the program inside where I'm working. We we take our services out to the schools and we work out in the community. We, uh, we, if we are able to have in-person family events, this coming fall, they would take place at the school sites because that's where the fam, the families are most comfortable and they know, uh, that area It's in their community. Um, I go to the schools to do professional development and who knows, everything might still be virtual in large groups like that for a good part of this coming school year. We just don't know what the school systems will allow us to do, but it's not a large staff. I do have coaches that work with teachers and again, may still be virtual for a while but they are always out in the schools, the classrooms. And they touch base with me, but it's not a it's not a large staff at all. We have a couple of part timers who help us with uh, project support kind of activities, and they might come in uh, one or two days a week and help us. So we're a small mighty group.
5: Cindy, um, uh, Eleanor again, is this similar or you know to communities and schools?
8: Yes, I actually partner with communities and schools.
5: You partner with them?
8: We partner with them. Mm -hmm. We're working with them in the South side in kindergarten and first grade uh, classrooms in three elementary schools. And we are a version of communities and schools in preschool, the Excel program. Excel stands for excellence in children's early language and literacy. And so our program wants to strengthen the experiences and the instruction that children are getting both at home and in the classroom so that they enter kindergarten ready to take advantage of formal reading instruction. They're they coming ready to go.
5: Thanks. Now I'm familiar with communities and schools and that's why I asked because it sounds very much like mm-hmm. you really got to, if you wanna help the students, you've gotta help the community Yes, their families where they live. They can't yes. you know, just have you know you're here from nine eight to four and yeah.
8: So, I'm actually um, part of the state staff for communities and schools. I'm the family engagement coordinator at the state level for communities and schools. So we that's a recent merger for us. And so half of me is always Excel and the other half of me is communities and schools.
2: Hmm.
0: so I'm hearing not very many staff day in and day out but there would be trainings where coaches come in and it's not to say that there wouldn't be future down the line where it makes sense for us to host but it's not the expectation right or assumption that we would ever have children in the building connected to the program it could be that but who knows
8: if we were to ever have children it would be with their families it would be something in conjunction with some sort of family event or activity but that's not typical because we we were in a we were in the thirty six hundred building on Broad Street until COVID hit. Well, we couldn't bring families in there. That was literally an office space. And then now we've been in this past year the Attlee Church, which used to be the Northside uh, Baptist Church, Northminster Baptist, Baptist Church, Church. and uh, that was just a vacant build. We couldn't bring people in there either. So everything we've done has been either virtual or we go out into the community and and hold our activities out there, where people live, families live, and, and different organizations that are related to early you know education and family support.
0: Thank you, Cindy. Uh, let's lob it to Jay and let him get on the other practical side of things, and then we'll open it back up for questions for Cindy or? jay or peggy or myself or whoever jay where where are you thinking you might put them at the beginning and assuming the church approves the forty five hundred dollars to make the space safer more hospitable what would that money be used on on the third floor of the williams building i think that might be helpful
3: yes all right the third floor the williamsburg the the biggest thing we have a need for there is the electrical upgrading the panel and the outlets so that we can safely plug in AC units. We'll be putting at least three AC units in there. We need to repair the floor and the tile. Uh, We need to paint some where the plaster has been repaired. We need to do some plumbing repairs because the bathroom sink faucet doesn't work at all. And then some miscellaneous stuff. And so we came up with a budget of about $4,550 to start with. and just as a, a note of early places of where I see got at work in this is the three air conditioning units, we decided that we would donate the three that are in my garage because when workshop that we're not using right now and less than a week after donating those somebody called us and said I have four units. Poor air conditioning units that we're willing to donate to somebody. Do you know anybody that can use them? I just see that as a God thing. So I throw that in. <laughs> I think Cindy, that's a, a thing where God is at work. And, and hopefully we can find some people with tile and other things like that and, and get this project going for less than the $4,500.
0: That's amazing. So, to, so for the sake of clarity and transparency, we, we're kind of on the ballot, it would be separated because the recommendations being brought forward by buildings and grounds and, and then admin board and finance team have all been talking about this as well is that regardless of whether we offered an invitation to Excel, it seems wise and prudent by the group to go ahead and make the investment on the third floor to make that space more hospitable, safer so that whatever happens up there, we're ready. Um, And so we don't want to be sneaky about it and suggest, well, let's pretend like we're not conversation with Excel. But that's why this isn't a package deal with the vote is it's saying we, we would just like we've updated so many other corners of the building in the pandemic, it makes sense that we go ahead and take this out. There are some safety issues we need to deal with it. And let's do that. But I. But at the same time, we are talking with Excel, assuming that goes well with the invitation, then they would be matched up. But if not, we would still have made the investment on the third floor. Is that admin board members or Jay? Um, anybody need to clarify anything I just said or correct anything I just said?
9: No, you just might be interested in knowing that um, the admin board also, and the buildings and grounds uh, it, the money would be, would come out of the forward fund, which is for, uh, upkeep of the building to be spent on the church building.
0: So the recommendation that, that's connected to that would be, that's where it would be funded. Great. Thank you, Linda. So the third floor would be the former Shakespeare space or Caritas space next to the history room on the third floor would be some of the breakout rooms in the hallway, which are currently just kind of storing stuff that we've need to go through and get rid of. There is a cleanup day scheduled for next Saturday um, on that front. Um, And the the question mark that we still got to figure out is covenant partnership would say, we're not gonna make you carry all these crazy heavy boxes of paper materials up and down those stairs. One it's dangerous for you to do so. It's detrimental to the physical building as a dolly hits the steps while it goes down. And it's, not, it's just not what it means to be in relationship with somebody in a deliberate way. So it would mean we would need to find a space close to the, to have elevator access for some of those materials, which would mean a sacrifice by the congregation and how we use that space until we decide we need it. Then we'd find another space that makes more sense in the next iteration, whatever that is, uh, that also has elevator access. So that'd be the gray area. We're not, we have some ideas of where that might be. So just no steps is the goal.
9: Could I ask a question along those lines? Sure. Um, since we do have the uh, elevator, I, I don't even know myself anymore. How are, the, uh, are there some rooms um, off the blue room that would be, I mean, that haven't been used for years, that would be yes. storage areas and they would, we wouldn't have to keep moving around. And- Linda,
0: we're probably not ready to get into that level of detail, but the answer is yes. But the yeah. question mark, which the protocol team is heading this up, is like the Wellstead class is about to move to the fellowship hall because that's the safest space. Wow. So it's like a big fruit basket turnover for the next stretch as we re-enter. And so it may be that a space traditionally off of the blue room that was not really being heavily utilized would have made sense. Maybe it would make more sense to put it in blank space, but it's it's too early for us to get in it's probably not an appropriate question with this particular gathering, because we could be here all night looking at all the different options. And it's just so many moving pieces. But we'd love for you to be part of it. <laughs> just because you ask a question doesn't mean you're volunteering to do that. But there are multiple spaces it could go in. Yeah. And chances are it won't last. It'd yeah. be somewhere else.
9: Yeah. I was just go thinking, if you're, if you're thinking about using, say, the first floor or whatever, that those rooms are more likely to be needed for, by the church for some activities later, we hope. And we wouldn't have to move, send these things if we found a space that's not that is not likely to be used. That's all I was the point I was making.
0: Yeah. You can see where it gets complicated, where that's why it's so important that we have a convergence of the different people that are entrusted by the church to to lead us through right now is like, well, what are these folks saying? What are these folks saying? We had a situation uh, two weeks ago where the assumption was being, be, being made by the children's team that we would not have access to the nursery because the child care center needs to stay separate. And Kristen, our child care center director, is like, uh, wait a second, we didn't say that. We'd be happy for you to come. We feel okay about it. So some of it is just needing to get the right people in the room. But the, the promise that we would make to Cindy, assuming an invitation would be made on the other side of the boat, would be we're gonna find you space with elevator access when you get here and it probably won't be the same space in the next chapter, but we're gonna move it. <laughs> yeah, go ahead.
7: Could I just throw one thing out? Um, Jerusha had asked me to help do children's Sunday school and mm-hmm. she had thrown out the idea, it can meet in that room, I, that's my music room by the elevator, but that room is not well ventilated and I don't recommend that room for children right now so there's, that's a possibility of storage possibly, just throwing that at you.
0: The protocol team will be in touch with all the folks that are including you, Helen, that runs music program to say, hey, what y'all think? Let's not do that here, just for the sake of time with folks. And if someone will linger afterwards, we can do that to, to get into these types of things. But this, this is a different group that would need to be in touch with you all with some good ideas or cautionary words. Other questions, it's wide open now. Who's got questions? Or comments. It's okay to make a comment. With it's not a question.
9: Can I go back to the covenant discussion for a minute? Absolutely. Um, just kind of like devil's advocate, or you know, just thinking out loud. I don't know that this would happen, but let's say, for example, since we have a long-term relationship with the band, if the band or some other entity that comes and rents space from us says, eh, we're not too interested in this covenant relationship. We've got enough going on, you know, with the band and with our own lives, you know, work and families and whatever. We're not not really interested in joining with other groups that are running from the church to do this or to do that. What would be the response by the church, especially with someone like the band that's been long-term with us, if they said we really are not interested in that right now
0: Linda is your question pointed to the immediate like
9: mm-hmm.
0: re-entry or five years from now oh, no, this two no, different answers not,
9: not no not having anything at all to do with re- re-entry and COVID or anything like that no I'm just thinking out loud that you know I don't know that any group would be resistant to doing that but they could and I think we need to talk about what if a, an organization that is renting from us says We're not really interested in getting into that kind of relationship. We just need space.
0: Um, Linda, I think the idea would be that in entering into this relationship with Excel, that we would get a taste of what it might feel like. And we would get an understanding of where the pinch points are. And then we would be praying through all of it, seeing what God revealed. And remember, we never voted on refugee settlement, not once. God just brought people into the pew. And before you know it, you look back and you're like, wow, that was a decade of life together. Right. And even today I was helping opening, you know, I was part of the celebration of the Kachin opening a new building, you know, a church building actually on the south side. You, we just don't know what we don't know is kind of where we started. So I, I don't think it's safe to answer that question with any integrity But my gut would tell me that if we begin to be more deliberate in the way that we relate to one another in the building, but also in the community around us, there'll be a very natural response to that question two years from now, three years, five years from now. One option that we could foresee is is that who knows where it goes financially? Like, okay, this works, but only if it's this percentage of space equals this percentage of financial contribution, it could be, hey, great, you don't want to be in covenant partnership. It's a different fee structure. And we just unapologetically charge X amount more. And we'd use that to offset what we're doing with others. Who knows? This, the question now is the first step. Is this the first step? And then we have to be diligent in processing and praying as we move through it very deliberately rather than getting swept up in busyness and not talking about it, I think.
9: Yeah. Would anybody else
0: like to respond to that or, or say an amen, Larry?
9: Larry has his hand up.
0: Go for it, Larry.
1: It's a completely different question. Uh, this is more directed towards Cindy. I was uh, curious about your current space. Have you outgrown it? Are you being released from some sort of lease? Why are you seeking new space and if the space we have to offer, are you intending to add more staff? Would you need more space than we currently can offer? Or how would that meet your needs for the next three to five years?
8: Mm-hmm. The reason that uh, we we're were we looking for new space is that the church, Atley Church, has recently been purchased uh, by another church. And so we are on a month to month lease now and my original contract ends july 1 but i they're allowing us to stay till we can find another home because the new church i believe it's uh redeem redemption hill is that right
6: that
0: meets in linwood holton elementary school for many years now on the north side
8: so they're coming in at some point in the upcoming months and we'll be renovating the church and taking over and, and uh, having church there. And the, the, the size of the space that we've been looking at at Tabernacle is comparable to what where we are now. And so I, I know that we can fit in, in that kind of space. My staff will never get but so large. We don't, There are very, very few that actually work in the office setting uh, with me because most all of our work is out in the community. And so we, we sort of touch base with each other. And, and that was true when we were in the 3600 building. Very few people were actually in there Monday to Friday, but, but that was our home base. And then we would occasionally have times where we'd come together and, uh, and have a meeting.
10: Um, if I could add that when we were in the 3600 building I was an employee of Excel (laughs) (laughs) so Cindy Cindy and I worked together I was the person that went out into the community and helped to gather some of the research that backed the funding for the program so um, I was in the classrooms with the teachers and the coaches and then at the family events so if you want to hear from it from a uh, uh, a former employee's perspective or a parent perspective, I'm happy to also answer questions on those. Thank you, Laura. You're welcome. Hi, Cindy. It's really great seeing you. Yeah. Thank
0: you, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Cindy, you, you can run, it, you can't hide. you got people that didn't change your diapers, but do you when you were pretty little in this room? You've got two former colleagues from different mm-hmm. jobs uh, and everything in between. It's pretty wild how full circle all of this is. It is. And you did change diapers a few people's kids that are in this room. Yes, I
8: did. <laughs> yeah, so. and I, I cooked in the kitchen down in the fellowship hall too in the very beginning of the child care center. I was cook, teacher, I was everything back then in those first, first months.
0: There, there are two things I'd like to add for the sake of transparency that I think it'd be important to offer. One would be that we would say to Cindy and I have like No, you don't need a laminating machine up there. Come use ours in the copy machine room. You're gonna have a meeting with coaches. We're gonna reserve space in the fellowship hall or the conference room for that. It is much more of an integrated approach with the sharing of space than you stay way up there on the third floor. Like I was here for a long time with Caritas, not nearly as long as a lot of y'all, and certainly through all of the ten of Shakespeare, and we hardly ever saw those people. Cindy saw them all the time. But for the most part, we, even the, the staff of the church didn't know all the staff members' names of the organizations that were in the same you know, umbrella. Um, this would be different than that. We would be looking at opportunities to come together, uh, when it, again, when it makes sense, but sharing of space. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I would add is, is that Kristen O'Sullivan, Sullivan, our director of our childcare center, which is the other bookend of Cindy who started that ministry, is very pleased to have been entered in this you know we've offered to april kennedy and kristen that they could engage in any way that they wanted to as two people that could find the ministry areas they're in charge of to be most affected um i think in good ways and um both of them have felt excited about the possibilities they have questions of course like all the rest of us that we would have to live into together yeah so i want you all to hear those those two things Somebody else, question, Peggy?
4: I just want, um, I, I wanted to be, uh, I'm not sure I want to ask this, um, but like the groups that we have coming in periodically now, like some of the groups that pass through, coming spend the night for King's Dominion, maybe one night, we may have a group, comes in for two nights, and they stay in the old Elson class on the third floor. Also, we have the impact team that has been using at church every summer for the entire summer and they pay us a good amount of money. Are we still gonna be able to do that with these groups? Plus we also have, I think it's Carol Pearsall, she has her rehearsals up there and they use it for a couple of uh, months and then they're gone, but they pay us for that. But is that still gonna be available? Because they're not, they're this like short-term things. They're not talking about the big projects and community things that we're talking about. So we're gonna be able to do both is what I'm asking, I guess. Still gonna do both.
0: That's it. It's a super important question that nobody can answer Peggy, other than I would think that the desire of the church would be to say, there's room, let's find a way to make it work. I think it's guaranteed it wouldn't be in the same way per Bill Gradwell's question at the beginning of our meeting. And I also think it would mean being respectful of space and the reallocation of where everybody goes. So it's complicated, but eventually my hope would be that two years from now, we would have gotten enough of a feel for the rhythm of this, that we would say, no, kind of like we did with marriage. I mean, we're still struggling with our end of the bargain to say, providing mentors, like there's still a team that needs to get formed with that. But if we're saying, no, there's a deliberateness, we won't marry strangers in this building anymore. Because we think this really matters and it's really hard to be married. Maybe eventually we would. But right now we've said we won't do that. It could be that eventually we say two different categories, partners, and then people that need to swing through and use the space. One is to raise money. One's definitely not. It's partnership. Or that we would say no. We say no to everything unless there's a deliberateness to the way that we're relating. Who knows? That would be, that's where we have to pray our way through it as we go. It's hard to answer, but I would think, would anybody argue that you would wanna say no to those groups just from the get-go? It's okay, I'm not trying to set you up. Like, can anybody make a case like, well, we should probably consider saying no because we're considering this? So there you go, Peggy. It sounds like there would at least be the desire, but we could not promise. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no assumptions.
2: Yeah, it seems to me like, uh the people that are already in the habit groups that are in the habit of using the space um i think there would be a presumption that they would be welcome back as long as we can accommodate them and as we uh discover what how we're using the space as we move forward you know we work out how we accommodate them
5: that's what he's yeah,
0: saying. they're the groups that would be grandfathered in, Bill, but I don't think it would be an indefinite grandfathered forever, right? Like it would be, we're in this transitional moment, we're figuring it out. If we enter into this partnership with Excel, it would be, okay, we're practicing, getting a feel for it. And once we get our legs and we feel like God's showing us kind of a path, there will be a therefore eventually. But yeah, I think the groups that are in now, I would assume, assuming the safety protocol team... Whatever's laid out for them, these groups will abide by. That would be a deal breaker for us. Right, thank you. Would anybody like to make a comment?
1: I'd like to ask a question. Go for Uh, it. I'd like to ask Cindy about her organization. Uh, Are you the organization or Is it an LLC um, is it affiliated with VCU? Um, I've I've heard some people say, well, it it may be affiliated with VCU. Uh, uh, Who's who's the head of the organization? Who's the president? (laughs) Uh, Who files the taxes or forms or whatever you have to do to to call yourselves who you you are? (laughs) Who are you?
8: <laughs> we, we are actually uh, a, pro, a non-profit program of the Virginia Literacy Foundation. Their office is right down there in the Stewart Circle, uh, building the one monument right there uh, that used to be the hospital. And for many years, up until COVID, we were, part, we were in a partnership with VCU. The School of Ed, VCU, the Literacy Institute at VCU. It became too expensive because VCU was beginning to put more um, ownership. They wanted more income to be brought to the School of Ed from the centers, and so my program isn't isn't federally funded. We're 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 locally funded and contracts, school contracts, and. Uh, individual donations, that that type of, and we've been in existence that way since 2008. So we were, we were birthed at, in a partnership with VCU. I, I continue to be uh, an affiliate faculty member of the School of Ed at VCU, but that's only to allow me some maybe possible partnerships with some of my friends in the School of Ed, some of the other professors there, but we are, Currently, solely under the Literacy Institute, I mean, the Virginia Literacy Foundation at Stewart Circle. Now, the interesting thing, and and this is Eleanor, you were asking about communities and schools. My boss is the person who does the taxes, and that's Mark Emblidge. He is the director of the uh, Virginia Literacy Foundation, and he's also the founding director for Virginia's uh, Communities and Schools. And so he still has a, a lot of leadership in the state level. State office is right in there where I am with him. So it's this almost this new kind of stronger partnership for Excel as a program of the, the Virginia Literacy Foundation that we are partnering actively, because I wear two hats. I'm, I'm the family engagement person for communities and schools at the state level and I am uh, the director of the Excel program. Do you feel like you understand in a very basic way what we actually do with families and, and classrooms? I'm happy to explain that in a very brief way if that's helpful. Would you yeah, like to sure. give a thumbs up? So what we do is we, we work with, the. for instance, I'll take Richmond Public Schools We work with the leadership, the administration for early childhood in that area of the public school system. And we select areas along with the funders. See, the funders are Robbins Foundation and Community Foundation. We have some state funding. We have some some city funding. We're in the city budget. And they are also giving us feelers from time to time where they're interested, where the need is greatest in the city. And so right now, most of our work is in the south side, in the city of Richmond, because there is a large Hispanic community in that part of the city. And then there are, there are always Title I schools. We always are working with the lowest income communities where we go. So once the funders and the school system kind of come together, I write grants, and we get the grants. And then the program itself is uh, comprehensive in that we're working to provide professional development for the teachers in a scheduled ongoing way, while we're also providing uh, interactive family engagement opportunities for families. So we're bridging families and classrooms in a very intentional way to build a common knowledge base for the kinds of experiences, the kinds of activities that children need in order to be ready for kindergarten and ready to take advantage of formal reading instruction. And so that means we give materials out too. We we never have a family activity or an event that we don't send home books and parent-child activities. And we do the same for teachers. And so that's why there's storage is that I try to have things, they come in, they stay for a while, we have a few left over And over time, we've just sort of gathered a few. So that's my little forefront. I go to that in order to give things out quickly. Um, We don't work just in Richmond. We work in Northern Virginia. I work with a very large Head Start program up in Northern Virginia. I work with uh, Campbell County School District for all of their preschool classrooms, Lynchburg for their Head Start, Petersburg for their their preschool's uh, classrooms, and hope well right now. So that's where we currently are. But we we're always open to other areas, other districts. I've been looking at Chesterfield uh, for a while because they have an increased interest in family engagement. Everyone does now. COVID, COVID taught us that that we can't just say parents are important. We have to really work hard to engage them now as part of the as part of the team for young children. So so it's a ongoing professional development, ongoing aligned family engagement.
5: And I would add um, communities and schools, I'm familiar with it from a national perspective that mm-hmm. it started in the late eighties. Um, the idea, the, the interest in early childhood and the understanding that you really needed to deal to, to prepare children, to, you needed to work with them and their families and their communities. I also during my graduate school time, some of my professors were developing the evaluation tools to evaluate communities in schools and schools. Terrific to provide that sort of you know rigorous evaluation. Does this program work? Does it help? And it does. Mm-hmm. And so you know it is a very well regarded national nationwide right um, program, and it's because it's successful.
8: Yes, yes. And, and the thing about communities and schools yes. is there are very few preschool sites inside that program. And uh, what we are trying to do is to bring the early childhood preschool into that field and, uh, and really do a better transition from preschool to kindergarten than what is currently happening.
10: Cindy, I, w- I would like to add that um, what I learned working with you I then implemented in colonial apartments when our, when our refugee families first arrived. Mm-hmm. I, did, I did a mini Excel program in colonial apartments and I did um, a six week family partnership literacy program where I tried to get all the four year olds ready for kindergarten who had just come to this country. And it turned into like the entire family was coming and I was teaching ESL through the vehicle of preschool literacy. And um, like, I just replicated your entire program for our, for our international families. Um, it's probably been six years now, but I just wanted people to know that, that you are the, the impetus for that program that I did here with our families a few years ago.
8: That makes me very happy to hear that you were, you were doing <laughs> that.
0: Let, let me pause <laughs> and then we're gonna throw it to Kathy. Um, but let me just say we're, at the, we're past the hour point you're not being rude if you peel off. We're going to keep it going, assuming Cindy's okay being here with us a little bit longer. And we will share the recording and maybe even Amanda and I in the, in, uh, later in the week will chop it up and like you know question, and then there'll be a little audio clip of what Cindy just said about the program or what Laura just said. So it's a, you're not being rude if you peel is what I'm saying. But with that said, now I'm going to hit play again and throw it to Kathy.
7: Sterling, <laughs> excuse Cindy, thank me you a second. had something to ask
0: okay uh, let's go kathy allen and then and then nathan thanks helen
11: cindy thank you very much for that overview that was extremely helpful i'm curious um do you have other uh peers or contractors or competitors or colleagues that that do similar things in the same uh, communities that that you describe similar programs um so that's one question are there others doing similar things in preschools that you're competing with for grants or whatever. Um, And also I'm very curious, I was listening carefully about whether you're involved in Henrica County, particularly in the East End where there's a real, um, I I think there's a real need in the East End of Henrica County.
8: There is definitely a need in the East End and no, we're not currently involved there. I would like to be, I would like to be. Sometimes it's hard to break into those school systems. It takes a while to build those relationships, but uh, uh, some of our, East End Richmond City families move right over there into East End Henrico. And so they are the very same families that we've been working with. Um, so there, I have been told by my, I, I went on for more school at UVA and my doctoral um, advisor told me that she really believed we were the only people in the state, this program Excel, that's truly doing the comprehensive work we're doing. I don't know of any other program that's truly doing equal emphasis on families at the same time that they're supporting teachers. There are many tutoring kinds of programs inside the school systems. There's the MICA project that many of you might know about that church church members uh, basic churches, basically. uh, enter into a partnership with an elementary school, and then there are volunteer mentors and tutors that go into the school and work with the children. There are uh, Literacy Lab is is another organization that's tutoring children. I I really believe that we have the most sustainable impact if we strengthen teachers because they will they will be there years from now and they will continue to interact with more and more children and more and more families. And so I want to have that relationship directly with teachers to strengthen what they're doing in the classroom. And then I I want to do the same for families so that any future children or families they interact with are are beginning to benefit from the, the increased knowledge base about children's early language and literacy experiences. So other than those programs and communities and schools and and communities and schools is about the wraparound services everything but the academics they're trying to support the families in meeting their children's needs in order for that child to be successful during the school day and and have their needs met so that they can take advantage of the academics that are being put uh, in that context so i i think we are unique (laughs) um and we have, we have had uh, funding consistently from the local foundations uh, since 2008. Every year we have been funded. So I do believe they have faith in the program, but COVID brought about, a, a money had to go to a lot of different places this past year. And so it's been a stretch for the foundations to meet the huge needs that were out here for uh, families and communities. So uh, we'll see what happens. I understand a lot more funding's coming to early childhood. So we just have to see what that looks like, who really gets it and how how they can spend it.
0: Great question and great answer. Thank you to both of you. Um, Laura Severns chimed in. In the chat and and just said you know there's also that whole what you mentioned this one of the video clips that we shared this week that introduction of families to libraries like hey you can walk in this place and actually walk out with a book and bring it back and get more um that that's a key part of this is something laura was sharing in the chat shifting gears oh go ahead yeah go ahead
8: Libraries. here's an interesting thing i learned about our hispanic community where those families are coming from libraries are not necessarily free so they do not have the understanding that they can go to a library and borrow a book so just that simple introduction to the library and explanation for how it operates in this country is unique is is new knowledge for them and so that Laura, that i'm so glad you said that because that the the libraries have been a longstanding partner with us
0: Shifting gears to, and Laura says and getting library cards. Yeah, um, definitely. So shifting gears to Nathan Hatfield's question. And I can kind of field this one to a degree um, in that uh, we really don't know the answer to your question, Nathan. So the question that Nathan posted in the chat is, in what way would the church be opening ourselves up to, to liabilities and using covenant partnership language? And my response would be beats me. Uh, You know, and therefore it may be that, that we don't necessarily need to use that official language. This is the benefit of it being Cindy and um, a real sense that God is in it is it's more about our, it's like when I do a wedding, I start with a declaration of intent. Everybody, nobody remembers it's in a wedding ceremony. Like it's obvious that the two people are getting married. We're all here. They're all gussied up, but the pastor still starts with, Hey, is this your intent? Is this your intent? And then I turn them to face the congregation to say, "Hey, y'all, is it your intent to support them? All right, we all agree. Now let's proceed." The, the I, using covenant partnership language is really more just way of saying we intend on being really intentional about this. So on our end of things, it's doing what Micah, what the Micah um, project is doing. What you know would be a good example. There are all kinds of examples where congregations are saying. How can we support our community by joining nonprofits doing great work? So it it could be that it's not beneficial to us to ever write down covenant partnership or certainly here at the beginning. But if we all enter into it from the get go saying, hey, let's try to be really deliberate about this relationship. So on the tabernacle side of things, it means we're asking every church member, will you find think about pray about finding one touch point with Excel? Sit in your living room where you never see a single family member or a kid from the program, but put together little baggies that are going to get handed out at the next library event. Well, for some of us, it's way, it's way more relational where we're actually getting to know families. Others, it's just showing up and moving tables, the, the grunt work, setting up the tables and taking them down afterwards. It doesn't really matter what as much as just saying, hey, let's all be intentional, Tabernacle, about, about finding a touch point and seeing what God does through it. So as far as the liabilities go, it's a great question, and I don't know that anybody can answer it unless I'm fooling myself. I don't think there's anybody here that could. I just want you all to hear it's more the intent of the language. Anybody want to respond to that, push back, or shout an amen, or offer a different viewpoint? Jay?
3: I think the general liability policy of the church is going to cover anything that we get involved with with Cindy's group. Now, each one is going to be different, yes, but this group, the general liability of the church's policy, will cover it.
0: Peggy, can you speak to the, just real quick, what you ask groups to provide when we enter into an agreement for them to use the facilities?
4: I have to present a certificate of insurance, um, which will cover them, you know, if something happens while they're using a building. So that it doesn't fall on us. Uh, that's the main thing that we require. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anything else? Thank Jerry. I think that's the main thing, yeah. you know, that we require from them. Now, if it's like Ryan, the piano school, that's that's more a little more involved because of what the work he's doing with children. So I think it just depends on on what they're doing, what they're coming into the church for. But just for the uh, average person use on um, group using the facility. They have to present a certificate of insurance, and we put that on file. So it has to be updated, even if they come every year and use the space. They also have to give us a new one each year. The concert band does that. So.
0: I feel like the gray area that we find ourselves in week in and week out on Saturdays is that when Tori Tindall and I, Tori's there every week and I try to be there at least every other week or walking from car to car and engaging with folks, we will, we won't hesitate to say, is there anything we can pray with you all about? That's a dangerous line yeah. because this is a federally funded program providing food to folks. And we have to make it very clear that this is not proselytizing. This is just relation. And that's the gift of relationship building as we go. And it's never a forced thing. That's what the church must grapple with as we engage with the community. I think there's more liability with those types of things, which requires a tremendous amount of wisdom on our end of things. Now we wouldn't do it if we didn't think it was the right thing to do. And our, we know what our motives are. And which Again, this is the importance of trust in the community. So that's why it would be so important that we're very careful if we were to show up to a library event with kids, we wouldn't, you know, parents, we wouldn't be saying, how can we pray for you? But after you get to know a family, after a stretch, and you start connecting, inevitably, you're going to find one, they have as much to offer as we do always, and two, often faith, faith may very well surface, and it does, we need to be ready to say, how can I pray for you? That's more of the liability risk, I think, on our end of things, but we should grapple with that. We're a church. Um, Nathan, do you, cl- you want more clarification or would anybody else like to, to share thoughts or insights or concerns or amens on this question? We're going to wrap up here pretty soon. But I want to be sure you get a chance.
11: I, I have another question, please. I may be jumping the gun, but I think in the announcement for tonight's meeting Q&A, I think it said that we're supposed to be voting on something about this next Sunday, June 6th. So how much in, at what level of detail is this vote gonna be? Is it gonna be in concept or is it gonna be a lot of detail?
0: Um, Good question, Kathy. So Penny, Amanda had to step out and Penny's not able to be with us because she's traveling. The traditionally, the way this has been handled in the past is the system works the way it's supposed to. We say to buildings, I mean, we say to facilities use, which in this case is Bonnie Bailey and Peggy Strong, y'all go do your due diligence, go through the process that the church has created and bring it to the administrative board of the church. And then the administrative board votes on it. And if it's often that's been suitable, but if it's a bigger, longer term thing, no secrets, no surprises, we would bring it to the church at large. We wouldn't really bring the contract to the church at large to say here's the nitty-gritty details because we've trusted with checks and balances that facilities use buildings and grounds and admin board have all done their necessary work together and there are trusted leaders that we've asked to do that so whereas the church in the past i don't know if y'all voted on caritas i don't know if i don't remember how we voted on shakespeare i'm sure we brought Shakespeare to the church, but I'm certain it wasn't everybody sitting around looking at the contract together. So in this case, Kathy, I think what we're asking the church to vote on would be approval of the $4,500, which again, let's not be sneaky about it. We think we would be bringing this to you, whether Excel was on the table or not. But because Excel is also on the table, you know, it's just, these are two separate things. So $4,500 or whatever, what's the amount? You are saying it may be up to $5,000, I think. I don't remember.
9: $4,550.
0: Thank you, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one thing, Kathy, check. Two would be the church more at large voting on, we want that, I think, unless you all ultimately feel like we don't even need to vote on this, it's more like, yeah, we want to be more intentional with our relationships. So we're gonna enter into this one with a spirit, with an intent of being deliberate in the way that we relate. And that might be general enough that we're good. If we wanna be more specific, it would probably include, you know, in parentheses, you know, a minimum of $500 contribution a month would be made by Excel. And whereas we're hopeful it would be three years, we are approaching it as one year at a time, but with the intent of trying to go at least three years with the experimentation. But this is you know this is where we don't, we don't know what we don't know so let me, let me stop at those two and then maybe I don't know that Nathan's in a place he could use a mic to, for personnel stuff, but Anybody want to clarify or Kathy, you have any thoughts on what I just said? Eleanor, you're clearly thinking oh, sorry, something.
11: Did, did I understand you to say that we would vote on the4500 dollars? Because my understanding we don't need to vote on that. I mean it, that isn't that an it's, admin board function?: No
0: because it's the number is high enough. It's That's enough fine. money that we would that the policy is we bring it to the church at large, and we're in a we're in a time period where there where we've said simplified church structure means any big decision will bring to the church, so we would bring this to the church just because we feel like transparency is really important. But it's coming at a recommendation of the admin board finance team and buildings and grounds. Okay. Um, as and I there, understand it.
9: There you so, go. I'm second guessing myself, it might be 44, 50.
0: fifty. <laughs> we'll know before the ballot's out there. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead, Eleanor.
5: as I understand it, there's currently a process, and Excel, you know, is going through that process, submitting the material that Peggy needs, and it goes to the other people. And so we can approve that. That's what you're talking about we can approve that the the spirit of this is that it also gives us an opportunity to move in or to not move but you know turn the sail a bit um where we are intentional moving forward as to the use of space excel doesn't need that intention for us to approve their space, they're using. No the spa- way, right.
0: no. But we need, ready. we need to find a way to move into our city and stop waiting for the city to come to us because we know God is at work right. beyond the moving tent of tabernacle. God's tabernacling in this in the neighborhood, yeah. so we we think we think that Excel for lots of reasons. We you know we meaning Cindy and I especially, but others as they've joined in. I said, you just can't help but the sense God at work in this, and you look at even the origin of the church, and so it is more in the spirit of it. So, do you vote on that, or do you just say, hey, "Amen"? Let's give it a shot. I don't know.
11: Well, I, I just, I just want to say that I very much appreciate how much information has been shared, um, with the, the amount of um, um, on the website, and Cindy, your communication with the videos, and being part of our worship service today. And even this evening session for those of us interested. Um, So I just want to say thank you that this has been very helpful and constructive. And um, I, I very much appreciate it. So thank you. Thank
0: you. Awesome. That's a perfect, (laughs) let's let Kathy end it. (laughs) So I'm gonna I'm gonna pray us out, and then I'll linger for a little bit. I don't, Cindy. I'm not presuming you. You need to go. You're on the clock right now. You shouldn't be. So it's a holiday weekend. Thank you, everybody. If you've listened to the recording, thanks for listening after the fact. Um, thank you, everybody. I'll linger afterwards, and we can chat if anybody wants to stick around about whatever. Uh, but let's pray together. God, we 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 know that at the very beginning of this local church, there was. A small little group of people that noticed there were children in a neighborhood that needed mentoring, needed guidance, and that there weren't the resources needed. And so they took a courageous step in asking their church to send them into the neighborhood to care. It's in our DNA. God, the question is, are you bringing this back around yet again full circle? Are you bringing Cindy back to us full circle? And what does it mean for us to circle around? and move into neighborhood. God, we need your wisdom and we need, we need, we need to trust you uh, as you lead us one step at a time. So show us if this is the step and then help us to trust that if it is, the next one will be revealed as we make the road and walking with you leading the way. We pray all these things in our Savior's name, in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Blessings on your beautiful heads. I'm going to keep recording in case something is said that would be helpful to repeat, but let's not assume that, that we would, like we wouldn't do it without permission. So we'll keep the camera rolling, but let's assume we've cut. Thank you. Cindy. Bye Browns. Y'all get out of here. I hope none of you want to stick around, but so long, but I'm here. I'm here. If you want to talk. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Thanks. Cindy, we, uh, uh, yeah, she's out. We're so grateful. She gave us a lot of her day.
1: I had to leave because um, my neighbor called and said, my sister who's with me has just fallen. Can you please come over? <laughs> and so, oh, no, Bill. Yeah. So that's why I had to leave. Um, and and uh, I wanted to say something positive.